Let's return to the Maimer. We need to, to just review for a second. So go to page Dalad, and where we could review the first chelik of the Maimer, the first chapter of the Maimer. There's a little bit of a kitzer over there. It's kitzer parakalf, and then that'll that'll prepare us to to uh, return to the Maimer. Maimer Rabim and Tirdesa Parnasa. We learned that. When it says in the in the pasuk in Shirshim that Maim Rabim Yuchlu that the great many waters cannot extinguish the love, so we've learned that Maim Rabim Him Tirdesa that Maim Rabim these great waters refer are referring to Tirdesa Panasa, our preoccupation with having to go to work and being worried about making a, a Panasa a living. And even though such a large part of a person's life is spent running around trying to make a living, all of these distractions are not able to extinguish the natural love that the Jewish people have for Hashem. Because, as it says there in the verse, the essence of the the essence of the soul of the Jew is shall have a flame of God. Therefore, even after that soul has become enclosed in the physical body, and as a result of being enclosed in the physical body, the person must become busy with inyani elam with matters of this world and go to work and so on. He tamid b'matzav shlahav and eflol kadosh baruch hu. The soul remains in that state of wondrous love for Hashem. Now the chiddush is v'adav rabbi. Not only that, we're going to learn that yiridosa betirdosa panosa parlas ilu b'neshama. Not only does the love remain intact, and all of the waters of this world cannot extinguish the love, but just the opposite. The very fact that the neshama is sent into the guf, into the body, and has to descend into all of the tirdus, into all of the into all the distractions and all of the difficulties of earning a living, not only does that not take away from the love, but it actually it actually is poelas ilu ibn neshama. It has the effect of elevating the soul. And we began by learning that the waters of the flood are called Mei Noach, the waters of Noach. And we learned that Noach is a lotion of Nachas Ruach and Menucha, tranquility, Nachas Ruach and peace. Like the Menucha of Shabbos and the resting of Shabbos. So how could that be? How could it be that the flood waters are called the waters of peace and tranquility. It seems to us that those flood waters are just the opposite. Just like going to work. How could that bring us to a higher madrega, a higher level of the neshama? It seems to us that if anything, those waters only cause more and more distractions and, 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 and would cause us to forget our neshamas. So we see that the, that the waters of the flood are called Noach, the waters of Noach. And that means Nachas Ruach HaMenucha. Why? We learned that the purpose of the flood was not just for punishment, although that was part of it. The real, excuse me, the real tachlis, the underlying purpose of the flood waters was to purify the earth. Like the waters of the mikvah that purify a person. Let's continue on page Hey. Vihine Shibuda Pranos Nikagamkin Me Noyach. Shibuda Pranos, our enslavement. Our enslavement to Parnasa, our enslavement to to physical physical labor and having to worry about making a living and all that goes along with that, that Shibud is also called Meinayach. <clears throat> These Mayim Rabbim, the floodwaters of our lives, that force us to work and to be busy with so many things that are distracting us from our Vodas Hashem, from serving God, are also called Meinayach. 
Ukemaimer Chazal, as Chazal have taught, Shabokhalay Avroma Vinu Shibud Neged Gehenim. Chazal, we'll see more about this in the, in the explanations, but Chazal have taught us that Avroma Vinu, that Avroma Vinu chose, when, when given a choice, Avroma Vinu chose Shibud Malchias, Shibud, which means he chose our subjugation to the nations of the world, which would mean, which would mean having to work, having to schlep, and having to be involved in all of the things of this world. He chose that negative Gehenim, instead of Gehenim, instead of hell, Gehenim. The same way that after this life, the neshama cannot return to paradise, to Ganeidin, to delight in the splendor of the Shechina, of the Divine Presence. Until first the neshama goes into Gehenim. And as it says regarding Acher, Rabbi Elisha ben Avuya, the Rabbi of Rabbi Meir, who as you know, who as you know, rebelled against the Yiddishkeit. Mutov deladainei veleisila almedaasi. Said Acher said, it's pre- it's preferable. Oh, shkai. That's the lux. It's preferable. It's preferable that what that I should be judged. It's preferable to be judged in Gehenim, in order that in order what in order to be able to after going through Gehenim to be able to go into the, into Olam Hab into Ganeid into Paradise. And as we're taught in the Zohar Kaddish, based upon a Pesach in Daniel, that before the soul is ready to enter into paradise, it must tivel, it must be immersed in the river Dinar. We're going to talk more about that. It has to go through the mikveh of Nahar Dinar. So, the same way that the Neshama is not prepared to go to Ganeiden until it is go, until it goes through Gehenim and is toiled somehow it is immersed in this river. Kemochein so to ayidei shibud through the shibud meaning through the shibud of parnasa the enslavement of having to earn a living and it doesn't mean just going to work it means like Business Week magazine and the Wall Street Journal the, the whole thing. It means all the tears of Parnassah. Even when a person is not at work, he's worrying about work. He's thinking about work. He's talking about work. It's a Shibud. That's why the Rebbe calls it a Shibud, the enslavement. Shibud Malchias. Shibud Malchias, of course, Shibud Malchias means what? Shibud Malchias means the enslavement of the, of the nations. But the Ikka Shibud Malchias, for instance, what we're in right now in America. Nobody's bothering us for the most part. We're not enslaved in America. You can do whatever you like. But the Shibud of America is a Shibud in certain ways that it's, that, that it's as bad as, as Mitzrayim. It's as bad as Mitzrayim. So people now are able to, you know, to wear suits and ties and stuff like that and to carry briefcases and to look harshif and to have all kinds of titles. But it's not a Shibud. It's a Shibud of Atzah Shibud. Of course we're enslaved. So this Shibud, the Rebbe says, that through this Shibud, even the Shibud is a Gehenim. Shibud is Gehenim. In other words, the enslavement to what? To work and to, and, and to have to be busy. The vast majority of one's life is preoccupied with all of these things of having to go to work and to make a parnasa. Still, the same way that the neshama goes to Gehenim and it is titled in the what? In the Nahardina, in that amazing river of fire of waterable sea. And only afterwards is it able to go to the highest madragas of the lighting in the Shrina. So to eat in this physical world, we have to go through the Shiba the Gehenim of Parnasa in order to be elevated to the higher madragas. Vini Shibud, 
And he explains. Shibud, ain't not perish. What does it mean, enslavement? Ain't not perish, mashiyeshlanu ata melech vishenoitlami itanu mas. He says, I'm not just talking about the fact that we now have, we're subjugated to a king, and we have to pay taxes. Taxes we had to pay when we had Jewish kings also, at the time of the Beis Mikdash. We had to pay taxes. It's not that, that's not the Shibud. That's not all it is. That's not the meaning of Shibud. We had to pay taxes by, by a Jewish king. And not only that, when the Beis Mikdash was here, we had to pay very high taxes. We had to give one-tenth, which is more than the government takes, depending on your tax bracket. So what is Shibud? It can't mean just paying taxes. We had to pay taxes. That means the Jews had to work at the time of the Beis HaMikdash. Because if you didn't work, you didn't, pay, you didn't have money to pay taxes. So it means that at the time of the Beis HaMikdash, we had... We had it sounds like we have even Shubodim over the base of Mikdash too. We were enslaved. You pay taxes, isn't it? Ela kavanehi. The meaning is as follows: Shabizman, Shabes Mikdash Ayakayim. When the base of Mikdash existed, Hayanimshach. Listen, listen. Hayanimshach bracha v'hashpa atzuma. The base of Mikdash we know from Chazal and from the descriptions that are found in the, histor- in the historical writings from that period. That at the time that the Beis Hamikdash existed, there was unbelievable brachin hashpa, the kind of fruit that was known to Israel, the the ashiras, the wealth of Eretz Israel and the Jews of Eretz Israel at the time of the Beis Hamikdash was absolutely miraculous. Brach of hashpa at suma, there was unbelievable brachin hashpa. At Eretz Israel, I say Eretz Zavas Cholavodvash was mamish flowing with milk and honey. Was completely unnatural. As the Gemara tells us. So even though they had to pay taxes, and as a result, I mean, people did have vineyards and they did work or they took care of their property, but there was such unbelievable bruch and hashpa, there was such blessing. That they didn't have daigus and tirdus upon us. They didn't have to have any worries or concerns or fears. But now, now this is the enslavement. This is the shibud. That there are all kinds of yigiyas and tirdus upon us. Lasik binyani alam hazagashmi to be so preoccupied with this physical world. And it's not only the fact that at the time of the Beis HaMikdash they had such wealth. Some of the, the wealthiest people in the world are the most preoccupied people in the world. So the fact that somebody has physical wealth does not necessarily release you from Daigus and Tirdus Apanasa. Just the opposite. Just the opposite. People that have enormous wealth most often are enormously preoccupied with their wealth. The brach at the time of the Beis HaMikdash was that we were Mishubadim. Not only did we have what we needed, but we didn't have any tidus and daigus. Everybody was everybody was satisfied. Nobody had any concerns or had any, any worries about getting more. I have a million. I have to have two million. I have two million. I have, to have five million. Ten. They didn't. We didn't have these daigus and these tidus. Therefore, we weren't mishubanda. We weren't. We weren't enslaved. We weren't enslaved. But now, in, now in Golis, this is the shibud of the Maim Rabbin. And that somehow we're going to learn that this Shibud of all the Taigas and Tirdas of Panasa really enables us to reach even a higher level than we lived on at the time of the Beis HaMikdash. Which is hard for us to believe. What does that mean? And we have to see how is that possible. First, let's learn the, let's learn the commentary. Shibud of Panasa Nekagam Kemein Nayach. Hubel El, we learned before, Shemayim Rabam Hem Tirdas of Panasa. That the great waters, the many waters, are the tirdas of Parnassah. At the same time, the flood waters are called the waters of Noach. And Noach is al shem naicha means nachas ruach, it means what? Peacefulness, serenity, nachas ruach. That even though the flood was, was 
frightening and the flood was destructive. At the same time, just like Sheba and Panos is destructive and frightening, at the same time the Malba was able to bring Tahar al-Ulam, it brought purification to the world. And that was the, that was the Tachlis of the flood. We're going to learn that it's the same thing when it comes to the Maim Rab, to the floodwaters of going to work. They're also Meinoach. Because somehow, through going to work, and all the tears of this world, the person can somehow be brought to a higher Madrega. So they too are called Meinoach. That Avram Avinu chose that the Jewish people should should better go through in this world Shibud Malchias, the enslavement to the nations of the world, rather than Gehenim. He explains that the purpose of Gehenim, the purpose of Gehenim. Is the shemiruk bezikah Is for the purification, the refinement of the soul. That's why it's necessary to go through Gehenim. Shal yidei Gehenim, nitar haneshama. That through Gehenim, the neshama. See, we only see Gehenim as being a punishment. The same way we only see the flood, the marble as a punishment. But the ultimate tachlis of Gehenim, just like the ultimate purpose of the of the flood was tahara, the ultimate purpose of Gehenim is to purify the soul from all of the filth of this world, so that it should be able to delight in Hashem. So too, shayidei Gehenim nitarah neshama, the neshama is purified, and then it's able to rise up to Gan Eden, to paradise, and to delight from the shchina, the, the divine presence. As Chazal tell us regarding Elisha ben Avuya, that it's worth going through all of the suffering of Gehenim. In order to be Zaycha, to be worthy, to be purified of all of that, to go to Gehenim. It sounds like from here. That if one did not need to go into Ganadin, if we did, if it was not prepared for us to go into paradise, we wouldn't have to go through Gehenim. In other words, Gehenim is not Stam, not for a Jew. I mean, there's such a thing that by the Ummah Salim, by the nations of the world, the enemies of the Jewish people, they're showing that they're judged forever and ever is just Gehenim. Because they're not being purified. That's completely punishment. Hitler, and the rest of those, Hevra, Haman, and Asaf, and and all of the Rishayim, they're being judged forever and ever and ever in Gehenna, being judged, they're being punished. Because there the Tachlis is just punishment. But it's not Chassan for a Jew, even for a Jew like Acher, even for a Jew who, who, is, a, who is a traitor, like Acher. The ultimate Tachlis is what? To come to Ganadin. is to be purified, so that one can enter into Ganadin. And not for that, a Jew would not have to go through Gehenna. That's the Pshat. The Goy goes through Gehenim. The Russia goes through Gehenim. I'm talking about the Goy, the Rishayim who are going. They go through Gehenim. It's not, it's not a part of their journey to prepare them for Ganadin. It's the Ol Mayad. It's forever and ever and ever. Because it's only Bataris Ainish. It's only Bataris punishment. But, but by a Jew, it's not Chasasham that Hashem wants to punish the Jew. That's not the Tachlis that a Jew should be punished. As it says in the Pesach, which means that Hashem never ever will utterly reject, reject any Jew. Every Jew will come back to Hashem. Every Jew will be purified. So therefore, by Yid, the Tachlis of Gehenim is only to be purified. So that he could come to Gehenim. And the Tachlis of, uh, and the tachlis of what? Of the Maim Rabbim, of the floods of this world, of the Parnassus, to bring us to a higher Madrega, not to punish us. Otherwise, he asks, why the Kashmir will punish us that I have to go to work? Why did he punish me that we have to go to work? That's a Shiva, that's a Gehenim in this world to have to go to work. Why does Hashem punish me in such a way? That I'm, that, that I'm such, such, uh, such a Gehenim. <clears throat> this past week, when I was a uh, Chutzlaritz, when I was uh, away from New York, so 
you know, I had never in my entire life been among so many non-Jews. My entire life. I'm never, I'm really, Baruch Hashem, I'm always with Yidin. I'm, I'm only with Jews my, all the time. I'm never, what am I? It's not if, you go, if I go into the, to, to the grocery store, even though the grocery is also Jews, but all right, you know, I give the change. But to, to be among so many, so many going, was not, I'm sure, Chiddush uh, for me. And, and um, I, I kept on having this thought, I know this is not something which would make me popular amongst the Umas Oilam, but I kept on having this thought, like how busy everybody is. Like, especially the last chalik of my trip, there were these two fellows sitting behind me that struck up a friendship, and they were talking for, they were talking for four hours about, about how they're trying to start up some business with, um, not an ambulance, a, uh, like first aid, teaching first aid in different, different colleges and places. I don't know, they had some business going. And with all the papers and the files and everything, and uh, like I was looking at all the people running around, like, like busy with stuff. You know, in, in Colorado and and I was I'm looking at it like so busy and I'm thinking Ham Rotsum Vana Rotsum. Like I that's all I can think about is Ham Rotsum Vana Rotsum. That, that I, I'm going on the same plane and I'm going to talk to some people about Taramitsis. The Haim Rotsum and like you know, this is the whole life is just just Haim Rotsum uh Haim Rotsum. I'm just running, running like Mishagoim. And um and he was saying one of them was saying to the other but how about how um, you know the tachlis is that he, that he's hoping that it's going to come to a point that he only has to work uh, three days of the week that he shouldn't you know his lotion was so I shouldn't have to drop dead like my dad you know that's what he said that uh, you know, we worked you know like six days of the week so I don't want to drop dead like my dad so I was thinking what's the nafkimin you know it doesn't sound nice you might as well drop dead like your dad what's the tachlis what's the whole tachlis so it's when we're saying this one does have a wife, he has a wife, he's leaving his wife, all these little shyness. I'm thinking, Shalom, that all day long a person's working. So just the same way that these two fellows are talking over their work, so two Jews are talking over the work, but then you come home, you go to a shir, you chap a marav, you chap a malamita, you know? It's, it was such a, a, a chiyas for me. I had such a chizik. Because I'm never, you know, I'm never away from it. I'm never in, that, in another kind of a world. It was such a chiyas for me, like to feel so grateful, so appreciative uh, to, be, to be a yid. And the, and the simcha that I had when I, when I, um, when I was in, uh, I came to, to uh, which airport was it? Yes, I, was, I came to Des Moines. On that plane, there wasn't there wasn't the Yiddish upon him on that whole on that plane. So when I came to Des Moines, and the fellow, this fellow Ben Yomer at Sadik, he came from the Kerl to to meet me. You know, and I'm standing there like waiting for my thing, and I'm looking, and I'm and, like the whole place is like toyu avoyu, and then I see and I see a Yiddish upon him, a Jewish face. You know, he came a little paislech and came. <laughs> it's kedai to take a trip once in a while just to be able to come back home. It's kedai. To see a Yiddish upon him, to see a Jewish face, a, a baltachlis, a baltachlis, that the person has a tachlis in his life. So this Shibud, this Gehenim that we go through in this world. So the Rebbe is explaining that the Gehenim, the Tirdus of Parnasa, <coughs> the Yisurim, that Amamisha Gehenim, is, is all, also for the purpose of bringing us that we should be able to reach a higher Madraga. It's hard to believe. The Khaimavur Lenin Nahar Dinar. And this is the this is the Indian of that mysterious river that's called Nahar Dinar. Shakaidam Aknis Laganadin, Khazal tell us that before the soul is able to enter into paradise Naganadin, Swicha Nefesh Litbal bin The soul has to immerse in this river. Shazah it's the final stage of purification. You know, it's brought down in one place that, that before the Neshama goes up to any new, in Ganeid, the higher Madrig is also higher and higher and higher levels. So it's brought down that before it goes into any higher level, so it, tarbles, it has to travel again in the, in, the, in the river. So there's this Tahar, this purification. In order that the soul should be able to be prepared to delight 
in the presence of Hashem in Gan Eden in Paradise. If you look at footnote 12 on the bottom, this subject, Nahar Dina, I once spoke about in the Shia many years ago. It's a very, very big Indian. It's brought down in the Svarim that the, when a Jew perspires in doing a mitzvah, that's, that perspiration is the Nahar Dina that he's toiled in. Is the Nahar Dina that, he, that they tell you when you after, afterwards to get into Gan Eden, when you perspire over mitzvahs. Or you perspire when you're worried about not doing an Aveira and you have to perspire. And that's collected and that they title you in that. That's the that's the Nahardina. Yes, sir. Is, is the Rebbe saying that this Tirdus uh, in Parnassa is a Lakhatfila? Or just that it's like physic for us that if we're Tirdus to, in Parnassa, we should know there's a Tapas to it and don't be misguided that. Uh, but let's say if someone has a choice, okay, I could learn for the next uh, five hours today, or I could, you know, chase clients uh, the whole day. Mm-hmm. The reason that, that the reason that, that the answer to that is very simple. You should learn Torah for five hours. Right. Why? Why is that? Because if we would, because we're not, because we're we're not really, we're not really being successful in, the, in Hashem's book's program for us. If you would say tachlis, and we're not ready for that yet. That discussion is going to be at the end. <clears throat> Obviously, there are certain neshamas, but they were sent into this world that their shibud is going to be. Arguments between Rabbi Kivagun and the Nesivas, you know, and sweating over those kind of uh, inyanim. And there are other souls that were given to be part of the Tirdus of this world. What we are learning is that it's impossible to say, chas v'chalila, that this entire parasha of going to work is is only a b'deavit. It's not possible to say such a thing. There is a l'chadchila in it. However, that l'chadchila... Has a, it means with a Shia, how much, and for whom. It's not for everybody, right? So it's not a B'deavid. I mean, once the once the Chet took place in Ganeidin. We're talking about post Ganeidin, right? So in this world that we're now in, the Tirdus of the world are Alechat to refine, to lift us up, to purify us. <coughs> However, like the Gemara says, even though the Pasuk says, Allah Amal Yulad, man was created to work, to labor. But Chazal say, what does that mean, Amal? So one Amalus could be, could be prepared, Amalus could be with work, Amalus could be with Torah. Right? So the question is, can the average Joe, the average Yos, can he come to his Tachlis by means of and the Maim Rabbim of this world, which the Rebbe is going to explain how, or can he come to his Tachlis, Dafka through the Maim Rabbim of what? Of Torah, which is also called Maim Rabbim, the great waters of Torah, right? That's water called Samelechul Maim, right? A Maim El Torah. So, the same way that at the time of the flood in Bereshis, we had the choice, as a Tzaddik and all the Swarm discussed in the Zara Kodesh, we we made mankind had to choose between the Maim of Torah, the water of Torah. We could have received the Torah then. That's why Moshe Rabbeinu's name is hinted at at the parasha in the flood. B'shagam hu basar. B'shagam is Moshe Rabbeinu. The Gemara says in Chum. B'shagam hu basar. Is Moshe Rabbeinu the Gemara? And his name is, is hinted at there in many places in the Mabel, because we had the choice either the flood waters of Torah, which would have been Moshe Rabbeinu receiving the Torah at that time, and that's why Moshe Rabbeinu was also in a small little boat. In the waters and the flood, and that's how he was saved, right? From the flood. Mashabin was also in the mine. And he went through the waters. He took us through the waters by by Yitzhiz Mitzrayim. We had a choice in the time of Bracious either to opt for the flood waters of Torah or the flood waters of Pagnasa of Tirdasapanasa. And we made the wrong choice. The choice was for the Tirdas of Panasa. So the whole program then was initiated. In the program that we're now in, which is post Ganadin Mabul time, the Mabul that we're now going through of Parnassah is not just a Bedevit, it's a Lechatchila, it's part of the Avoid of the Tachlis. However, Ashrei Mi Shalmola Betayra. Fortune is the one who can be Yaitzeh, the Shir of Amelis, in learning Torah. There are many people. Who, who, who would say, I, if I could only have the time off like the yeshiva bacha, and then I would sit and learn, boy, would I be one, I would be a happy camper. And and when that person has vacation, he has some hours off. 
and he doesn't fill the hours with learning Torah. When the person comes home at night, he has an hour or two, even though he's tired, he could learn. So a lot of the people who think that they could sit in yeshiva 10 hours a day, 12 hours a day, it's a nice thought, but I would venture to say that most of the people who think they could do that are either doing it, or they're not doing it, but deluding themselves to think that they could do it. There's a reason why most people, this person sitting 12 hours a day in an office, and this person sitting 12 hours a day in Bismedrish. Then you have, there are certain people that are sitting in the Bismedrish for 12 hours, but they're on the phone half the time. Or they're thinking about being on the phone. Right? They don't belong in Bismedrish. And then there are people who are sitting at, in their Parnassah for 12 hours, and have their minds constantly on Taisus and Rashi and are miserable, they may not belong at work. And unfortunately, as Rabbi Nelson and Rabbi Nachman always spoke about from the Zohar Kodesh, that this world is called the world of exchanges. And some of us are stuck in the Heichel HaTmuros, the chamber of exchanges. Which means that the Yeshiva Bacher is stuck at work, and the and the Balabas is stuck in the Yeshiva. And that's a Gehenim too. For a Balabas to be stuck in Yeshiva is a big Gehenim. It's like when you're sitting in a Shia and the clock didn't move, right? So all these guys that are working dream of being in Yeshiva. You put them there for a month, you'd see how they, most of them would do. 99% wouldn't have any Hatzlach at all. They'd be chalishing to get back to work. These are all Chalaymas and Demyonis. They're very sweet Chalaymas, but they're Chalaymas. It doesn't work. A lot of people ask that. I, I don't believe that that's true. But Ruba the Ruba is a person who's doing what he's supposed to be doing. And he's supposed to want... The Baruch Shalom wants that that neshama should be in the Maim Rabbim and should be chalishing for some waters of Torah. <laughs> Ruba the Ruba. Hashem works it out. Mostly it works out like that. Sometimes it doesn't. But, but mostly it works out. <clears throat> and, and Hashem treasures the, the, that hour or two that that person is able to, 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 to hold on to the Maim of, of Torah. But that we're, we're going to be talking more about at the very end of the Maim. But that's, that's of course what's bothering us. If this whole thing is, if this whole thing is the Chachila, then why why should I even think twice about about being at work all day? Other Rab, I'll, I'll go overtime. <laughs> right. Go overtime, so I'll be a high, even more of a madrega. I'll be a bigger bal madrega. I'll go overtime. I'll work harder. If we would be, if we would keep be be doing what the Rebbe is going to, to be telling us over all these pages. In other words, how does it purify us? So then maybe that that would be a possibility. But since most of us are failing miserably. In the Maim Rabbim. We're drowning in the Maim Rabbim. So, of course, it's much better to come home and to try to get off as many hours as you can to try to learn. Because we're just failing in the Maim. We're just, we're, we're drowning in the Maim Rabbim. Is there a way for somebody to stay afloat in the Maim Rabbim? The Zich is. The Fashur is. And I told, and I told the Maisa, did I tell it in this, in this year? Did I tell it in a different year about the, about the Maisa and Kedusha Slavi? There, was a, there, there are many Maisa like that. So my that there was a year that stopped, that closed down his, that gave his inn to his son, and he went away, and he went to Baditsha if he wanted to, he wanted to learn a little bit and so on. And in the end, without going into all the problem, it's an amazing story. In the end, the Baditsha sent him back to to uh, to go back to the inn, and um, the the reason the Baditsha sent him back is because for, there are a few reasons. One is that. When he, when he owned the inn, Jews were able to stop by and to have a chiz. He was a very sweet Jew. And he was able to give life to many people that was that were tired and was suffering. He would give them a a, a warm a warm meal and would tell the ma'isim from Sadiqim and some Torah. And he gave chiz to Jews that were passing by, passing through. And even the goyim that would come, since he was such a refined person, the goyim would have a little bit of a break from the craziness, and they'd come in there and they would behave nicely. When, his, when he gave it over to his son, the son wasn't from the most Hashem people. So what happened was that the guy started fooling around there with women and were drinking. It became a crazy place. The Yidin stopped going. and they not, So all these Yidin that normally would have a Chiyas passing through there and have some tire and some warmth and so on, they lost it. And the guy who would have a Chiyas being, being, being mentioned, being normal, so they fell into all kinds of sick things. And, and the Bedichva, so this Yid was bothered by that. The Bedichva told him to go back to work, to leave Bedichva and go back to his inn. And he came this Yid said, my whole life, I'm an old man already. I don't have a chance to even learn Parashas HaShavuah, because I'm so busy there in the inn. And, and I finally, I'm an old man, I can learn a little bit, and the Rebbe is sending me back. 
So the Rebbe said, he says, what am I going to come? And he asked the Rebbe, what am I going to bring to Gan Eden with me? What am I going to show for myself in Gan Eden? So the Bidditch told him, what you have to show in Gan Eden is the thousands, thousands of smiles on the faces of those Jews who came to be warmed by, by your words of Torah at the inn and by your hot soup. That's what you have to bring to Gan Eden. Not, not the Chumash Rashi or the Pasha so and he went, then he went back to the he went back to the place, and then he was a he was besimcha, he was besimcha, and he, he was singing the gunim, he would give people food until he died. He stayed like that, an old man giving. And, uh, if we would have the bedichu that would tell us that would be much better, right? We'd feel a lot better if the bedichu would say <coughs> that that's our tachlis. So what causes most of us unbelievable agmas nefesh is this feeling, this thought that our entire life is a bedayavin. Meaning that it's how do you know how to translate? Second, second choice. Yeah, it's not the it's not the ideal. It's not the ideal. It's bedev. It means it's not ideal. My life. I'm not in an ideal situation. Ideally, I shouldn't be going to work. Obviously, that thought is one that oppresses a person. But oppresses a person and causes terrible agamasnefish. There are a lot of people that are in the wrong line. And if you'd be in a different line of work, you wouldn't have... I mean, you know, if somebody's in the wrong line of work, and uh, that could cause terrible agmas nefesh. But there is this thought that my entire life is only bedevit. It's second choice. It's not first choice. So we're going. We're learning this maimur to give us his chaskis, that there is such an idea, there is a concept, that being the tirdus of this world... That itself is the ideal for my present situation. Is it the ideal? Should be ideal? No. Mashiach will come, and we're all going to want to sit and learn Yom Valila day and night. But right now, I will all be up to reach the highest Madragas in such a way. But right now, we have to be toiled in the in the Gehenna of this world of Parnas in order to come to the higher Madragas that we can be brought to. And that's why there are many, many people. It's hard for us to know. But you could have, you got, there are many people, as we're going to learn in this Mimer, there are people who are working all day, and they're able to quetch out a half hour learning, or to go to a Shia, to go to a Dafyomi, to come in the morning to learn a little bit. And the Klapishma in Hashem's eyes, it could be that they are much, much, much higher Madrega than, than the Yeshiva, yeshiva Baruch who's sitting all day dreaming about being, you know, uh, being uh, someplace else. Is it higher than the person who's sitting and learning all day, the Emmas? That's the highest Madrega of all. Very few people can do that. And and there's a reason why this one's in the yeshiva and this one's at work. And if they would switch, it would be like in Mitzrayim, when the men were given the women's work and the women were given the men's work. Even though to the guy that's schlepping on the train all day and, he, and he's and he's handling with people at work, he thinks the nicest thing would be to sit in a nice, beautiful, air-conditioned bismedrash someplace and to learn all day what could be better. It's only until he has to do that, day after day after day. And if you have to do it day after day, 12 hours a day, 14 hours a day, and you're sitting in Bis Medrash, it's not easy, if you really take it seriously. If you don't take it seriously, it's not good. A person sits in Bis Medrash, he comes in 9, 10 o'clock, he leaves. After learning for an hour, he's tired, he goes back home, comes back a little bit in the afternoon, then there's Ben Asmanim every two weeks, there's a Ben Asmanim, Ben Astar, Ben Asmanim, Ben Astar. I mean, that's not what we're talking about. In the same way you wouldn't, Hire a person like that. If you were at work, you would you'd, you'd see a guy like that. You'd fire him after two days. What do you think this is? So the same thing. These guys should be sent out of yeshiva. Should be sent straight out of yeshiva. Guy, guy sitting around wasting time. <clears throat> so this Nahar Dinar, footnote twelve. This river, the Kama Mekoymis in a number of places in Mavur Indian Tvilazu. This the, this Tvila, this Mikveh, this immersion. Is explained in the Nahar Dina. That the Neshama must be completely removed and must forget all of its attachments to this physical world. In order to go, to, the, to that lower level of Ganadin, Mikol Geshem, the Tanagufani, from all of its physical pleasures, in order to experience true spiritual pleasure, that Neshama has to be purified of all physical pleasures. Shinidbagbabailamazad became attached to it in this world. Actually, Yeshar Afroisham 
until there isn't even the slightest trace of an attachment to the physical world that remains with the soul in the next world. Because if all because if that attachment to the physical world is not completely removed, and there's some of the rust that remains of what of attachment to the physical world, then the soul will not be able to have complete and total delight in the presence of the Shrina. We understand because there's something that's still in the way. There's interference. And because of that interference, again this is not a punishment. The Hashem's Baruch wants, it's, it's the Rosh of Hashem that each and every one of us should be able to have complete and total delight in His presence. But if you're still thinking about, if you're still thinking about, uh, about the ball game, about doggies, about the, this or about that, so then uh, that's in the way. It's in the way. So you can't have an Oineg Ruchni, you can't have a complete Oineg, a delight in spirituality, if, you're, if you still have a Shaykhist to this world, a connection to this world. So therefore there has to be a mikveh. And the mikveh of course has to be the removal, in order to, the tevil has to be the removal of all things that separate between you and Hashem. You go to the mikveh and you're still holding on to your sandwich, or you're holding on to your television, your narishkeit, so you understand the mikveh doesn't work. According to the Zohar, this river, of course it's not a, it's not a physical thing, this river of Dinar is in between the lower Ganeiden and the higher Ganeiden. Meaning, between the lower level of delight and the higher level of delight. This river will remove any pleasure of the, of the physical world, any, any memory of the pleasures of the physical world, that it experienced in the lower Eden, the lower paradise. In order not to confuse and to diminish in any way the great and awesome level of delight that's in the higher Ganadin, spiritual delight. The lower Ganadin to the higher Ganadin is, is like is like physical compared to spiritual. So this this river is called Nahar Dinar, and that's the Tevilah that takes place. Back in the back in the commentary, so too that somehow through the Sheba, the enslavement of this world. We're able to go to a higher level. The fact that Avram Avinu chose Shibud, <coughs> enslavement, which means, which means that Parnas and all the other things by the, by the nations of the world, Moving me there, we can understand. Tumor's Gehenim instead of Gehenim. Moving me there, we can understand. The Gam Hashibud. That this Shibud, obviously the Shibud of Malchus, as we said, does not just mean that, you're, that the Jews are not independent, but it means that Jews have to go to work and are constantly worried about their Panasa. That also, that's Mezakech Adam. Since the whole purpose of Gehenim is to go through that river that what the river finds and purifies you to be able to delight in the Shrina. So Avram Avinu chose the Shibud of this world instead of Gehenim. It means that Avram Avinu knew that the Tirdus that the aggravation and all of the tiredness of, of going through uh, uh, Parnassus in this world equal Gehenim. And that somehow through going through the tiredness of Parnassus that the person is somehow, somehow is being prepared for what? For Ganeidim. That's Mezakech Adam. It purifies the person. That he's being prepared, that he's able to receive a revelation of a locus of godliness on a higher level, higher than before the Shibud, before he was sent into the Gehanim of this world.
one. Yeah. Is it important that the attitude of the person who's in this slavery? Uh-huh. The attitude is what makes, of course. The attitude makes the whole difference. The attitude makes a huge difference. Person screaming and kicking and crying. He's not going to come to any high madragas. He's going to be depressed. He's going to be depressed. What do I have to do this? What I have to go for? What am I, what, what, what's the tachlis? If you tell somebody you have to go to work for the next for the next six months so you could so you can marry off your daughter, because otherwise you can't marry off your daughter. You go for six months. What's the tachlis? To put your daughter under the chuppah. He would go to simcha every day. He'd be he'd be whistling. He'd be singing and digging every single day. He'd be so happy because he knows that he's going to marry off his daughter. He'd be happy. But when he thinks, what's the tachlis to this? If, he's, if he doesn't know, why am I going to work? Why am I going to work? A person goes to work, makes a few hundred dollars, <clears throat> and he doesn't see any tachlis on what he's doing. He doesn't see any tachlis. Let's look at footnote 13. Maimer Khan, in this Maimer, the Rebbe is explaining Be'ikr primarily He's explaining us how Aliyah and the has been the Shoma Aidei Mam Ram the Tidus Apanasa. Bikr is explaining the Aliyah, the ascent that the Neshama is able to have as a result of the floodwaters of Parnosa of having to go to work. Achraib is safe at Teres Chaim. But if you look in Teres Chaim, Tidus Apanasa Poilus Gam Zikuchum Miruk Ba'adam, that somehow the Tidus Apanasa also purify and refine. The person al derech inia taharish nifal yemei mabul v'hum itzad b'chin samiribus v'hashiflus v'achno atzuma. There, the tzaddik explains that that the bitterness of of being in this world and of having to go to work, and the humility that that brings to a person, and the hachno, the submissiveness that that brings to a person by having to schlep around. <clears throat> In other words, you think you you think you're like we spoke about on Shabbos that the person thinks that he's a big that he's a big shot. And then you get when he when when you get a job and you go to work, and the hachna that you have to go through, how it humbles a person, how it humbles. You could take you could take the biggest balgaiva and you put him at work, and all of a sudden he's, he has to be like anybody else, and it humbles him, and it's a hachna, an experience of hachna, and the bitterness. There, the tzaddik focuses on that. The gamb, in other words, that's part of one's refinement. Going through that humbling experience of finding out that you're not the boss, that you're not so choshev, that you're not the balabayas, that you have to schlep like everybody else. And it could be, again, it could be, a nice, it could be a nice fancy job where you don't have to get dirty. It's the same thing. It's all shibudim. In addition to all of the bewilderment and the confusion that, that, that a person has to go through being at work, the pressure of, of, of Parnassah, which nowadays before Mashiach comes is probably more than it ever was before. People worked harder in the past, but the Shibudim and the Meriwas and the, the, the uh, I mean, nowadays is, is, is probably worse than it ever was. So there in the Taras Chaim, he explains that the bitterness and the the submissiveness and so on that a person goes through by the tears of this world, that that has a wondrous effect on on, on refining his neshama. And he ends by saying, it's worth going through all the difficult suffering of the, of the Sheba, of the enslavement of Parnassah, in order that you come to a higher Madraga. In order the person should, should come to a higher Madraga. And, and even though none of us really understood it when our parents told us, I don't know if nowadays parents are saying this to us, in my house, my father always had enough to provide us with whatever we needed, but he wanted me to go to work. He wanted me to go to work, in the, you know, to, to, to see what it was like, meaning even as a teenager. And uh, even though he didn't say it in these words, but the idea was to build my character. Right? He knew that I was already a character, but he wanted to build my character. <laughs> so to build character, and it, it doesn't mean to build character. So the pshat is, my father always believed, and he still believes, that there's a tachlis to work. Not, it's a bedavid. But that what the tachlis is, the tachlis is that a, that a person that a person is refined in his midas, he's humbled by it, and so on and so forth. And all of that 
the Rebbe says, Kedai, all the Yisurim uh, that, that a person goes through, in Parnassah and so on, so that his Neshama should be able to reach a higher level. To reach a higher level. That's the Rab Siddur with the with the Chesidus. Kavanas Oh, he has an unbelievable, unbelievable piece there. The the Rab Siddur on the Indian of Mikveh, the Kavanas of the Mikveh, it's half of the stuff. Shouldn't you remind me around around 25 years from now? We should do that. Okay. The, you, no I know you. Remember, I know you remember. <laughs> The Rebbe explains that the Gilgulim, the, the transmigrations of the soul, the Gilgulim that have to go through different gullies, different exiles, and different lifetimes, different lives in this world, or poverty, Gamri. So you say, what's the Tachlis? You could ask, what's the point? Hashem. Why does Hashem send the Neshama to different Gilgulim? And why are you and I sent through all different Gilgulim in this world? So you're saying to make us better Jews? I don't see that I'm becoming a better Jew by going through all these Gilgulim. I don't see that I'm a better Jew by going to work every day. I'm not davening at all. If anything, maybe if I had off a little bit, and I wouldn't have to go to work, I'd daven. But by me going through all this stuff, am I davening? He says, how you the Rebbe explains that in the Kavanas of the Mikveh that it's on a higher level than davening on a, on, on, a, on a level of being bottle of being nullified in God's presence. Which of course sounds like it's sounds like it's crazy. How could that be? So we just say, I don't see any of the Tachlis. What's the point of my going through all these Gilgulim? I'm not any better. And the Rebbe says over there that it's on a, a higher Madrega even though you feel like you can't even daven, you're so mabubal with everything, you can't even daven. It's in a higher madrig than, than a Jew diving with in a level of bitla mitzvahs that you bottle in Hashem's presence. That sounds like a lechatchila. If we were to if we were to then have accepted the, the mind Torah at the original time when, when we had the choice, yeah, would our neshamos have been able to, um, to, to achieve that? Pashtas is yes. If we would have if we would have opted for the mind rabbim of Torah. That would have meant that we would have been able to achieve those highest madragas through the Mayim of Torah. Instead of now, since we opted for the uh, other waters, now we could achieve our higher madra- our, our madragas through the Mayim Rabbah of this world. That's what it sounds like. Or we'll, okay, we'll, we're, we're going to continue, Mr. Shem, with the commentary over here. Okay.